Okay, it's really great to be with you all today. And um, we're going to be looking at the second message in a series in the series we are doing now. And the title is Ignited, Building Your Own Prayer Strategy. Ignited, Building Your Own Prayer Strategy. So this is the second message and I'm quite excited to share it with you all. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this message. Lord, may you fill my heart, mind and mouth with your words. May you come and speak to our hearts. May you come and empower us and equip us and enable us to build our own prayer strategies in our homes, in our families, in our workplaces, in our own lives, Lord. Help us to establish altars of prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, if you didn't know by now, I'm sure you, you do know that I love prayer. I love prayer. I really believe in the power of prayer. And prayer, uh, for anyone, prayer is powerful no matter who's praying. Prayer is powerful. God is a God who hears. And I love prayer that is focused, prayer that is effective, prayer that gets results. I would hate not knowing whether what I'm doing is actually achieving anything or not. Um, I like, I'm a results driven person, as I'm sure most of you are. I want to know that what I'm spending my time doing is going to yield fruit. And so for, for me to spend time praying, it's important that I am praying in such a manner that I am fully assured uh, it will get me results and it will be, it's purposeful. Um, I hate doing things that are purposeless, meaningless, unfruitful. Um, sometimes a picture that I get when I think of Christians, charismatic Christians praying in a prayer meeting, and I'm one of those, so I'm including myself in this particular description. But sometimes a picture that I get of charismatic Christians in a prayer meeting is a crowd of believers caught up in the moment, just shooting multiple prayers haphazardly into the atmosphere um, with sort of like machine gun type prayers, like trying to hit every every single option that there is in terms of what God could possibly want and hoping that one of the 55 prayers that I shoot up will yield results, okay? It's like machine gun type prayers, just do, 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 shooting, shooting them into the atmosphere. Somewhere, somehow, maybe a target or two will be hit. Um, now, that, that doesn't really inspire me to pray. I don't want to spend an hour praying not knowing whether my prayers are going to be answered or whether it's fruitful. I don't want to spend that amount of time praying and then maybe only one of the prayers that I pray will yield any results. And I think sometimes we also like that in our personal times of prayer, um, where as long as we've prayed for our certain amount of time, so for the certain amount of time that we have allotted to prayer, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, now and off, whatever it is, as long as we've actually done what is on our schedule to do, um, we feel satisfied. We can tick that box like, okay, I've done my prayer. Uh, it's done, prayer done, and I get on with the rest of my life. But if I really think about it, this doesn't inspire me concerning prayer either because it leads me to believe that we are more interested in appeasing our own religious consciences and ticking boxes and feeling good about our spiritual selves than actually getting results. And um, I rather prefer an image, when I think of prayer, I rather prefer an image of a sniper waiting, watching, listening, hearing how to pray, what the target is, and then hitting the target bullseye, waiting, watching, 
aiming at the exact target and hitting it and knowing that I've hit it. Um, I, I prefer the idea of drawing up a strategic prayer schedule for, uh, for me, a week is doable. So strategic prayer schedule for the week, um, dividing up all my areas of responsibility, uh, the areas of burdens, dividing them up over the seven days of the week and ensuring that I have the mind of Christ for those particular areas, um, an idea of how he would want me to pray. And then, and then using that, that type of prayer to me, that strategic, that must yield to fruit. I'm praying the mind of God. I'm praying the will of God. And I'm taking all the areas that I need to pray into and I'm dividing them up over the week. So 52 times every year, I know that I'll be praying for this or for that or for that, whatever's on my prayer schedule. And um, and it must bear fruit. It must yield fruit. Um, now, I, I, that's my own perspective. And I think there's a, a lot of validity in that. But I also realize that in an army, both types of warfare are utilized. Both types are necessary. Snipers and machine gun toting soldiers are both used. And I imagine in a church, it is not only the sniper type prayer that gets results, but also the relentless type of prayer that's great in volume that opens doors. You know, Jesus taught us to keep seeking, to keep asking, to keep knocking in Matthew 7 verse 7 to 9. However, my preference in prayer is that I have an idea of how and what to pray. So the mind, the heart, the will of God before opening my mouth and releasing multiple prayers into the atmosphere. Um, that to me seems wiser. Then when I have an idea, I can still use the relentless machine gun type of prayer and keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. But at least I know the direction that I should be uh, going in, in my prayer time. Now, I have been around Christians long enough to realize when someone is praying unprocessed or unthought through prayers. And I'm sure I've prayed some of those. Um, none of us are exempt from it, but we all know what I'm talking about. You know, when someone is praying prayers, but you can see that they haven't really thought through what they're praying or they're praying, but their prayers are not really faithful prayers where they understand the heart of God or the mind of God or the will of God. It's more prayers because they're seeking understanding. They, they Maybe they're afraid because of what has happened and they're crying out to God and they're giving, giving a multiple options in terms of types of answers and types of you know requests that they're asking, some of them even contradictory. And um, you're kind of listening, thinking, okay, were you ready to pray or you just kind of shooting up a, B, C, D, E, F, G, hoping that God answers one of them. Um, so it's important to know what we are doing and how we are praying and why when we come to God. And if we don't, to actually be honest with him and start there, um, instead of just shooting up multiple uh, uh, prayers in all sorts of different directions, um, and we don't really know what we're asking. Now, an example of what I'm talking about is, so say Susie has got cancer and we come to God, it's a corporate prayer, time of corporate prayer for her healing. And people are then all different levels of faith. Some don't understand, some believe that God puts sickness on people so that he can teach them something. Some believe that God, it's not God's will for any to be sick. And we come to you and, and Christians start praying, supposed to be praying in agreement, but it's like, Lord, we lift up 
Susie, to you. And Lord, we don't know if it's your will for her to be suffering like this, but Lord, we ask you to heal her from her cancer. Lord, we just know that you hear our prayers. Lord, may you show us where you're in this and why, Lord. Why has she got cancer? Lord, why is she suffering? Lord, would you heal her? And Lord, would you save her from this? And Lord, we, we also know that you're sovereign and in control, so you must be using this for her good. And Lord, you must be teaching. And Lord, even if you don't heal her, that's okay, Lord. But can you see, my, my prayer is so confused. I don't really know what I'm asking. And God is probably listening up, up, you know, listening in heaven. And it could be a multiple choice for him. You know, he's waiting to have some sort of faith, some sort of direction, some, someone saying, we know it's not your will for people to walk in sickness. Thank you, Lord, for a healing. We stand in faith for a healing and that agreement of multiple Christians. But there's no clarity in the prayer. So, it's important that we know what we're praying. We have the mind of God. We understand the heart of God for a situation before we start praying. And if we don't, that's okay. But be honest and start digging and seeking out the mind and will of God before we start coming and praying many prayers um, before him. Uh, remember that James teaches us when our prayers are not answered, it's because we ask amiss or we don't ask aright. So he says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, but that you may spend it on your pleasures. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. Um, in James 5 verse 14, he says, Any, anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. You see, effective prayer is not just about making a noise. It's not just about hearing our voices, petitioning anything that comes into our minds and hearts. Effective prayer is strategic, it's specific, it's thought through, it's based on the word of God, and it's faithful. There's power in the prayer of faith. There's power in that. But how can we pray in faith if we don't know what God's word says concerning something? Because faith comes by hearing the word and the word of God. So we have to be grounded in the word and understand what God's word says concerning something before we can launch into faithful prayers that bring effective results and are fruitful. Amen. Okay. Matthew 18 verse 19. This is Jesus. And he says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. If we agree, it will be done for us. Obviously, it must be in line with his will, which is in line with his word and his patterns. Amen. Okay. Now, unfortunately, when it comes to prayer, many of us believe we do not have the time to study and find out what God's will or God's word is for various situations. Some of us are just lazy. We're lazy. At the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. We would rather just start praying and get through our prayer time and use machine gun type fire prayer. And hopefully sometime in that time, we will have hit some sort of bullseye target. Okay. But if we're wanting our prayer to go to another level and to be very fruitful and very effective, and we're wanting to build a strategic prayer life, we must be committed to digging into the word and finding out what God's word says concerning specific situations and growing in the word of God that we can pray in accordance with his word, with faith and in accordance with his will and with his heart. In John 15 verse 7, Jesus says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire 
and it shall be done for you. Very powerful. When his word is abiding in us, our desires and how we view the world begin to fall into line with his word. His word is living in us and we begin to pray in accordance with his word. And then we begin to see more results from our times of prayer. Now, if I look at society and all the different domains, all the different areas of society that are that we see um, in the world, I wonder how many of us as, as Christians have studied to find out what God's pattern and blueprint is concerning different domains. Maybe we believe that surface level prayers will suffice. Our Lord, your will be done. Our Lord, your sovereign, your will be done. But, but it's important that that we study and that we ask in accordance with his blueprint for certain things that we see around us. You know, maybe we believe that if God wants to do anything, he's going to do it anyway. Well, that's that's not true. And we're going to look at that a little bit just now. Okay. Uh, maybe we assume God uh, would want to do what we want and he sees things as we do. And so we automatically assume that we can just pray whatever's on our mind or whatever's on our heart and we can just launch into prayers concerning uh, various areas, um, especially when we feel emotional about it or we feel passionate about it. But it's important that we remember what God says in Isaiah 55. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, if my prayers remain the same year in and year out, and I don't grow deeper in the word and the subjects of my passion with my prayers, I'm stagnating. If in the areas that I'm called to, in the areas that I um, that God wants me to be a voice in, or he, he's using me in, whether it's business, whether it's family, whether it's church, whether it's woman, whatever area I feel passionate about, if I don't grow deeper in the word in those particular subjects, um, in order to uh, in order to populate my prayers more richly, then I'm stagnating. Because each one of us is actually called to prayer. Maybe we're not called to the same level. Maybe we're not called to the same domains. Maybe we're not called to the same areas and topics, to the same depths. But all of us need to be committed to developing a prayer strategy for ourselves and growing in prayer in these particular areas. And um, if we look at the beginning, in the book of beginnings in Genesis 1 verse 27 to 28, we find here the dominion mandate. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created, a male and female he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. See, this is, this is known as the dominion or the cultural mandate. God gave us authority over the earth. He delegated authority to us. So you might say, do we need to pray? God is sovereign. He's going to do what he wants anyway. Well, I don't think so because he delegated authority to us and so he's not going to usurp that authority that he delegated and if we want him to intervene in the earth then we need to ask him if we want him to come and have his way we need to ask him that's why Jesus taught us to pray thy kingdom come thy will be done if we didn't need to ask him for his will to be done if he was going to do it anyway why did Jesus teach us to pray that so we do need to pray and invite him and um, that answers someone's question right there around why do, do we really need to pray at all and why do we need to pray um, now the next the, the, the next scripture I'm wanting to look at is also from Genesis and 
Um, it's, it's, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress, to work, to serve, to tend. That's what that word dress means in the Hebrew, to dress and to keep it. And that word keep there, it means to hedge about, to guard, to protect, to watch as a watchman. So the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to dress it, so to serve it, to tend it, to work in that garden, and to keep it, to hedge about, to guard it, to protect it, and to watch as a watchman. Now, there have been many people that have taught on different domains or mountains or spheres of influence, and some of these include family, education, church, government, business and economics, health, science and technology, media and communication, arts, entertainment and sports. Those are some of the domains or some of the gardens that have been um, that have been taught on, that I've even taught on uh, before. Um, but each of us have been assigned a garden. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to tend and to keep it. Each one of us have been assigned a garden or gardens to tend and to keep, to tend, to work in and to keep, to watch in, to hedge about, to protect. Now, maybe those gardens are specific domains or a number of specific domains that I've just mentioned, like family, church, um, education, uh, business and economics, um, you know, government, one of those domains, or maybe it's a portion of the domain. So maybe it's not the whole domain of family, but maybe you called to marriage specifically. God has called you to, to hedge about, to work in, uh, to, to watch over the area of marriage within family. Maybe he's called you to, uh, to the, the domain of education, but for you, he wants to use you specifically to work and to serve and to watch in the area of curricula and what curricula is used in that particular domain. So God can use us, and we're going to look at that a little bit just now. We've all been given a garden. We've all been given a garden. And once we identify these gardens that God has placed us in to serve, and to work, and to watch in. We then know, okay, these are the burdens that God is wanting me to build my strategic prayer life around, and to populate these prayers with a biblical worldview, uh, with prayers that come from a biblical worldview. Okay, um, now when we pray, it's important that we have the mind of God, the word of God, his will, his view, his blueprint for whatever we're praying in these particular domains. Um, and that, like I've mentioned, that is the type of prayer that gets results. That is effective prayer. As we reflect on, you know, our lives and the different domains and possible gardens that God has called us to, um, I just want to draw your attention to a series that I did um, last year. And it's on our website, www.gochurch.co.za. And the series was entitled Praying with Purpose. And in that a series, I look at the different domains that I've mentioned. So all those different domains that I've mentioned. Um, so family, education, church, government, business and economics, health, science and technology, media and communication, arts, entertainment and sports. I look at those domains and touch on a biblical worldview or some ideas regarding um, building 
a prayer life that for these particular domains that is based on a biblical worldview of these particular areas. And the notes are very comprehensive. So go online, download those, make use of them. They're PDFs, they're audios, the videos are available and will definitely kick you off in the right direction. That is not what I'm going to be doing today. Um, I'm really wanting today to equip us in terms of building a strategic prayer life for whatever um, gardens you identify that God has placed you in, okay? Because maybe those particular domains that I've mentioned, they, maybe they don't burden you. Maybe those broad domains don't really, you can't relate to those, but I have, well, I have good news for you. Wherever you find yourself in life, wherever I find myself in life, that is the garden that God wants us to pray for. Where I am right now, if I just look where I am, in the natural sense, I will be able to see and have an idea of the things that God will want me to build a strategic prayer life around. Um, one of the one you see, God put Adam in the garden to tend and to keep it. So wherever you are placed right now, whether you're a single mom, whether you are a teenager, whether you are out of work, whether you are owning your own business, whether you are a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, whatever. Uh, whether you work in corporate, wherever you find yourself right now, there will be aspects and things that God will want you to pray into. Maybe there's specific things in, in this world that really burden your heart. That can be part of your prayer life. I'm going to look at that just now. Um, but basically, there is a call to prayer for every believer. And I want us to look at Jeremiah 29. Um, if we, I'm not going to read it all, but if you go and read Jeremiah 29, verse 1 to 14, uh, you'll see that um, it's a letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the exiles and um, in Babylon. And he says, this is what the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried away into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce, marry, have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters, increase in number there, do not decrease, also, listen to this, also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile, pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper, I'm going to read that again, seek the peace and prosperity of the city which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And that is the context of that scripture, that verse that everybody loves to quote, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call to me, call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So we love quoting that scripture. But the context of that is they were in exile. And the Lord says to them, you know what? Wherever you find yourself, the garden where I have placed you right now, pray to the Lord for it. Seek its peace, seek its prosperity. Because when it prospers, you too will prosper. You know, some people will say, well, I don't like this government. I didn't vote for this government. Why should I pray for the government? Yes, well, you need to pray for the government because in its prosperity, you too will prosper. In its peace, you too will peace. have peace. Um, 
That's why in Timothy, we instructed to pray for the lead, to pray for all men, to pray for leaders. Whether we like them, whether we don't, we have to pray. Wherever we are right now, whatever municipality, whatever suburb, wherever we find ourselves right now, maybe we don't like this or maybe we don't like that. But the Lord says, you know what? Seek its peace and seek its prosperity. Pray for it because in its prosperity is your prosperity. So wherever we find ourselves right now, we've got to pray for those things. We're the salt, we're the light. Part of that is praying, praying for it. Asking God to come into these situations and having his way and his will. So in effect, wherever you are, your geographical uh, uh, location, your province, your region, your nation, where you live, the municipality, the leaders there, okay, the area of your work, the area of your calling, the, your, your leaders at work, your co-workers, wherever you live, the area that you live in, your household, your family, those who work for you, those who work with you, the schools your kids go to, the educators there, the headmaster or headmistress there, the workers there. We need to pray for the peace and prosperity of all of these because in their prosperity and peace, we too will have prosperity and peace. It's important. And this is an easy way of identifying the spheres that we need to pray over. Those gardens, so-called gardens that I'm talking about, that we need to make sure we include in our daily prayers and in, in, in the building of our strategic prayer life. Um, an easy a way of identifying the areas that God would want you to pray over and God wants you to make sure you're praying regular, regularly over over is to ask yourself the question, what areas do I have natural responsibility over? What areas do I have natural responsibility over? You see, we will be required, you will be required to give an account to God for your faithfulness in those areas. Our work is meant to be as worship unto Him. Our work is meant to be as unto the Lord. And so we will be required to give an account to God for the areas that he places, the gardens that he places and places us in to work and to watch. And the areas that you're working are often indicative of the areas that you should be watching in right now. Um, if, the, if you want them to prosper, if you want them to succeed, if you want to be safe and protected in those areas, you need to pray. Okay. So we all, we would like God's assistance, we'd like his wisdom, we'd like his guidance, we'd like his provision, we'd like his protection in all the areas we're involved in. So we need to pray for those things in all the areas we're involved in. It makes, it makes logical sense. So you might say to me, well, I need help identifying my burdens. What are the burdens? What are the, by burden, I mean a prayer burden. Um, what are the, I could use the word responsibility. What are the responsibilities that God has given me in terms of prayer and um, can you list them? Can you help me identify them so that I can build my own strategic prayer life? Wonderful. I'm glad you said that to me because I'm glad you asked because I am going to do that right now. So there are different types of prayer burdens and responsibilities. The first type that I'm wanting to look at are long-term burdens. So these, these are long-term. They're things that you're going to be praying for for a number of years, probably for your life. Um, and they, they can often be identified by your natural responsibilities. So if you're a parent, your children, those are long-term responsibilities. It's important that we pray for our children. It's important that we build, we have children noted into our strategic 
uh, a prayer life into our strategy, a prayer strategy, so that we remember to pray for them. It's such an obvious thing, um, but sometimes we overlook it and go a number of weeks without praying for our children because we don't have it noted down and in a strategy. So you're a parent, obviously, your your, your children. You're a spouse, obviously, for your marriage, for your spouse. Um, you know, that's that's really important to pray for that. It's important that that's also included um, in our strategy. If you're a single parent, that's okay. You pray for your household. Uh, if you trust in God for a, for a spouse, you pr- you're praying for that person. You know, you're praying that they're the right type of person, that God will show you them uh, the right person at the right time. So these are all things that you must include in your strategy. You're a believer, okay? You must pray for the church. You must pay, pray for the body of Christ. That's a responsibility that we all have. And I, and I hope that you include that in your strategy. Um, you're a Bible-believing Christian. Again, you need to pray for your church leaders. We were instructed to do that. We need to do that. You live in a nation. You need to pray for the nation and its leaders. We were instructed to do that. These need to be included in our strategy. How many of you know that if it's not there, it, we might go for a month without praying for the nation and our leaders? Um, you live in a suburb. You need to pray for the suburb, for the municipality, for, for its leaders. Okay. Um, you share a household. You need to pray for your household. Those are long-term prayer burdens. Those are long. You're always going to live in a household, right? Um, if you have family members who do not know the Lord and who are unsaved, that's a long-term burden. You're going to have to pray for their salvation. And, and it's important that we keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep praying to see that, that salvation. We can't just pray once a year and think it's done. Okay. Those are long-term. Those are, those are examples of long-term prayer burdens, long-term responsibilities. And I encourage you to populate your prayer strategy with those first. And then on top of that are assigned responsibilities. Now, what do I mean by assigned responsibilities? These are responsibilities that are divinely given, um, or they linked to a call. So how do you how do you identify that? Well, it's it's a burden, it's a passion, it's something that's on your heart. It can be a domain, it can be an aspect of of a domain. So I mentioned earlier, say for instance, you don't feel this burden to pray into marriage, uh, into family necessarily. The you know the whole, the concept of family and, and and that, but you have this incredible passion to work with and to pray for the institution of marriage that's fine that's a divine that's a divine call uh, that's that's a divinely given burden and it's important that you don't only work in that garden but you also watch over the garden to watch to work and to watch god put adam in the garden of eden to work and to to tend it and to um to keep it so we work and we watch as well um Maybe, for instance, your passion is the education system and its, and its curriculum. Maybe your passion is um, um, something like, for, for me, for instance, I, I have a burden in the area of abortion um, and, and euthanasia. Um, it's a burden. It's something that you know, I pray into often. It's a divinely given burden. Um, and sometimes God will give you the burden, and then at a certain point, he'll make you an answer to all the prayers that you've prayed. For instance, if we look at someone like William Wilberforce and the abolishment of uh, the abolition of slavery, you know, 
that that is a burden that is a divinely given call so when there's something like that that God places on our heart maybe it's something that he wants us just to pray into to spend our lives praying into it or maybe at a certain point he'll actually use us in some way in that particular area and I'm going to be looking at this concept when God makes you the answer to your prayers um, in in one of my messages coming up when I look at the heart of a nation builder and the importance of um, having praying into it but also working in that area okay maybe your your passion is is media or maybe it's the legislature and watching over what the gates of what is legislated in a nation I mean there could be so many different options but but you will generally know in your heart maybe it's single woman maybe it's single mothers maybe it's there are all sorts of different different aspects um, uh, of of the world and society that God can cause us to carry in our hearts maybe it's a particular group of people like maybe it's abandoned babies and you have it on your heart and you just want to go and do something about it but maybe God wants you to pray first and to watch in that particular area first and then he's going to lead you to do something about it maybe it's orphans maybe it's widows um, maybe it's the underprivileged or needy and I want to encourage you if you carry any of these areas on your heart and you feel God has called you to work in these particular areas and to do something about these areas I want to encourage you to include these things in your strategic prayer life so include it include the needy um, in, in your prayer strategy the needy of this nation the needy wherever you are include it uh, um, and God will lead you and, and often he'll cause you to be an answer to your prayers maybe you have a heart for leaders and leadership Maybe it's foreigners, maybe it's church leaders, maybe it's believers, maybe it's children, maybe it's women, maybe it's single women. Um, and a burden is often linked to a call. So often God will give us the burden first and we really want to pray into it and spend time praying into it. And then we'll find that he's actually called us into it. Um, but we would have really, uh, really watered it in prayer so much beforehand. And then another type of burdens are current burdens. So these are burdens that... God has called you to carry in the now, but they might not be long-term life burdens. So, for instance, if you're a church leader in a particular church, a current burden will be the particular section that you lead right now, the people in that section and the section and where it's going. Okay, If you're a pastor of a particular church, um, that's a current burden. Maybe it will be a lifelong burden because maybe you'll pastor in that church for years and years and the rest of your life but maybe you won't so while you're there God wants you to not only be working in that garden but also watching and keeping and praying into that particular garden and it's important it's included in a prayer strategy so that every week very regularly you're praying strategically over that um, and Hebrews 13 17 says obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy, not grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So a church leader or a, church, a pastor is meant to watch over, to watch over the souls with, uh, uh, over whom he is, he's uh, been given authority. So say you're an entrepreneur. The sector you service, you want to pray for that. It needs to prosper. In its prosperity, 
you too will prosper. Uh, you're an entrepreneur. Uh, the people who work for you, you need to pray for them uh, in their prosperity and their health and their peace. When they have joy, when they're being fruitful and productive at work, you too will be prosperous. So you need to pray for them, cover them in prayer. Um, say you work for an organization or a corporate, you need to pray for your employer. You need to pray for the section that you work in, the people that you work for, the people, the clients that you service. In their prosperity, you will be prosperous. In their peace, you will have peace. Um, say you work for an individual, you need to pray for your employer. Um, if you've been, if you have responsibility in an area that you serve, you need to pray for that. In its prosperity, you will be prosperous. In its peace, you will have peace. So these are short-term uh, burdens that God has given us, and we need to be praying into them. We need to be praying for the people that we work with, the people around us, um, over us, th those that work with us, and those that serve us. We need to pray for our clients. Say we have um, houses, we rent out houses, or we rent out flats, those types, and we need to pray for our tenants, even if we don't like them. In their prosperity, when they are paid, we will also uh, be prosperous and we will be paid. So we need to be praying into all of these particular areas. And I want to encourage you just to take some time in the next day or two, in the next week, set, take some time, reflect and make a list of the areas and the scopes of your prayer burdens that God has given you. So the long-term ones, the short-term ones and the divinely assigned ones, just make a list of them um, Make a list of them and begin to think about them and how you would like to construct a strategic prayer, um, a strategic prayer outline or a prayer strategy for yourself. Now, if I look at scripture when Paul writes, he writes to a specific audience and has a specific message. Specific audience, specific message. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2, he says, I'm writing to God's church in Corinth. To you have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. And then he goes on and he's got a specific message for them. Okay. So we see this in his other letters too. And I love that. He knows who he's writing to and he knows his message. In the same way, when we pray, we have to, we have to know the content of what we are praying and for whom we are praying. Specifically specifically so we need to be specific in our prayers it assists us to have faith for that okay and it also helps our prayers to be clear Jesus modeled this he says in John 17 verse 9 my prayer is not for the world but for those you have given me because they belong to you very specific he knows exactly who he's praying for my prayer is not for the world but for those you have given me because they belong to you he then went he then prayed for his disciples various things he prayed for unity joy protection and so forth we looked at that last week and then he went on to pray i'm praying not only for these disciples but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message i pray that they will all be one and he continues praying so he first of all prayed for his disciples and then he moved on and he says, I'm praying not only for these, but also for those who will believe in me through their message. This is John 17 verse 20 to 21. He was very clear who he was praying for and what he was praying. He wasn't confused and it wasn't a multiple choice exam for God in heaven. Okay, He wasn't praying A, B, C, D, E, F, G, Lord, whichever one of those, just take your pick. He was very specific 
in what he was praying. And we too need to be very specific. Okay. For example, say I am praying for marriages. I need to be specific in terms of whether I'm praying for my marriage, whether I'm praying for marriages in our church, whether I'm praying for the marriages in the church in South Africa, whether I'm praying for the marriages of church leaders or marriage as an institution. Uh, being specific, it helps me to apply faith in that area. It helps other people who are praying corporately with me and agreeing with me to also agree and apply their faith. And, and also, it's, it helps me in terms of if I don't really have faith for that big request, like, Lord, I'm praying for all marriages everywhere in the whole world. Maybe I don't have faith for something that big, um, but I can make the prayer request a bit more specific, a bit more focused to something that I will have faith for. So, Lord, I'm praying for the marriages in Go Christian Church today. I'm lifting them up to you, Lord God. I have faith for that. You see, it's very specific. I have faith for that. If there's anyone agreeing with me, they can also extend their faith in that particular area. So when we pray, it must be specific and um, defined and we must know what we're praying. Okay. So you might, you might say to me, that's great. I can identify the various areas of domains, things that I'm wanting to include in my, uh, uh, my prayer strategy. But how do I really know how to pray? How do I really get to understand what I should be praying. Well, I'm glad you asked me, how should I pray? How should you pray? Because really what we can simplify it down to is we want to pray the kingdom of God in every area of life. want to pray the kingdom of God into every area of life. That is what Jesus meant when he said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. You might say to me, well, what do you mean by the kingdom of God? It sounds quite vague and broad. Well, what is his kingdom? The rule and the reign of the king. The rule and the reign of our king. His will. His way. That's all it is. It's his will. It's his way. It's really easy to understand what is his will. What is his way? What is the rule and reign of the king? How would that be made manifest in the particular area that I'm praying into? He wants, he does want his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught us so. He doesn't want us to hide in, uh, hide as Christians and wait to go to heaven to enjoy the benefits of his kingdom. No, his kingdom come in the here and in the now. Um, his kingdom come in the particular gardens that he's placed you in, in the areas and the domains that you're passionate about, in the areas and domains that I'm planted in. His kingdom come, his will be done. We need to pray this uh, uh, to, to be so. What does the Bible say about the domain you want to pray into? What is God's will for that domain? What is a biblical worldview for that domain? That's what you pray. That's the blueprint that we need to have in mind when we're praying for the areas that we're going to pray into when we populate our prayer strategy. Now, I'm going to give an example this morning. And um, it's an example that I've touched on in our Praying with Purpose series. So again, I encourage you, go to that series on our website and download the audios, the PDFs. It's there and it's much more comprehensive there than what I'm going to touch on here. But I'm giving you an example when I pray for my family or the families in, the, in, in our church. Um, I pull out my notes on a biblical worldview of family. Say it's my day to pray for families in the church. 
and my family, I'm going to pull out my notes or I'm going to search the scriptures in terms of how wives should relate to husbands, husband to wives, what the nature of family is from a biblical perspective, what God's kingdom coming in family would look like. And, and then I begin to pray in accordance with that. And um, if we're looking at any of the domains, an idea that will, will, ideas that will help us in terms of how to pray and how God would want us to pray is when we think of the name and the nature and the attributes of God that he would want to be manifest in the particular domain that we're praying into. So if I'm praying for family uh, in, in my family or family in the church or even the, just the domain of family, the name and nature of God that is revealed in and through this domain is Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Now the term Father carries with it connotations of source, author, originator, provider, sustainer, nourisher, protector. Family is the entity that God designed in order that each one of us experience this aspect of his nature personally and on a regular basis. So some of the aspects of God we should expect to experience in family and in the institution of family include love, adoption, acceptance, provision, nurture, protection, discipline, understanding relationships and submission to authority. Now, just having shared that, just having shared those few thoughts about the domain of family already, there's a lot that we have to work with in terms of populating our prayer strategy under the topic, under the domain of family. A lot of things that we know are in accordance with his will and with his word and with his kingdom that, we, that he would want to see happening in the domain of family. And it doesn't matter if it's a single parent family or a broken family or any type, you know, a family. God would want his nature to be um, expressed and revealed in family. So what is the purpose of family domain? It is to provide safe, loving, nurturing environment for growth, emotional security, and a passing on of biblical values and education for the next generation. It is important to understand that our children learn more from who we are as parents and what we do than what we say. Our lifestyle, what we value as expressed in our day-to-day -day lives, how we relate to one another as husband and wife, all of this will be absorbed. After this, what we teach and instruct them becomes important. And only after this, it becomes important. So as we have that sort of biblical understanding of family, we can begin to pray for family and to pray very effectively. I'm not going to shoot out multiple prayer requests haphazardly, machine gun type fire, hoping that one of them will hit hit the target. I already have an understanding of how he would want me to pray. And there are multiple scriptures that we can look at that I've put in your notes um, that you can, in the notes that you're going to receive from this particular message um, that you can use in prayer. So when we pray for family, obviously we're going to pray for marriage if you're a married couple. And we're also going to pray for parenting and we're also going to pray for the context of our household and the environments that our children grow up in, you know, along with praying for ourselves. So if I look at the institution of marriage, when I'm praying for my family, I need to remember that the overarching, far-reaching thinking I need to have is that I'm not my own as a wife or as a husband, as a spouse. My life is not my own. My time is not my own. My marriage is not my own. My children are not my own. My husband is not mine to own. My wife is not mine to own. I'm a steward of all of these things. 
And this means I'm to treat them with respect and fear of the Lord. I'm to live with them and relate to them in such a manner as would be acceptable, being fully aware that I'll have to give an account one day to God. Um, and we see this in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20, where, you know, my body is the bo temple of the Holy Spirit, and I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. Galatians 2, verse 20 echoes this, okay? Um, and these scriptures are available in your notes. 1 Corinthians 7, 4, the wife does not have authority over her body, but the husband. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his body, but the wife does. Husband, wife, marriage. We need to bear these in mind so we can relate, so we can work in this area as well as pray in this area. Okay, so that is what will help me in terms of prayer. Okay, so those are a few thoughts that you can bear in mind when you are praying for your family and your, your marriage in terms of your family. That's, those are the thoughts that I would begin with. Then when I come to parenting and praying for parenting, I need to remember that the family is the primary place God desires children to learn about unconditional love, security in the Father heart of God. Family, if you're a single mom, that's okay. We can pray that God would raise up uh, godly father figures for your children. Um, yet at the same time, he can also grace you and enable you to reflect his nature to your children. Okay, um, 1 John 4 verse 8 says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. Our Father God is love. There should be love expressed in our parenting. That's a great place to start in terms of praying for our parenting. Um, the family also, the, also the families where God desires that children learn about honoring authority. God desires children to experience discipline in the loving context of family. Proverbs 22 verse 15 says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. See, God is a multi-generational God. He desires that biblical values, biblical ethics, moral code, moral framework are passed down from generation to generation. Our children should be stronger than us and go further than us. They should, in effect, stand on our shoulders. Okay, A problem that we see in scriptures is that many um, were faithful with the call of God on their lives, but not, far, not faithful to pass on to the next generation what God had entrusted to them. And that would be a travesty today if that happened with us, where we pastoring a church, planting churches, but we fail to disciple our children in the ways of the Lord. It would be terrible. It would be a tragedy. So passing on to the next generation is really important. Um, and to remember that as we pray for our parenting, as we pray for our children. You know, we see an example of in the Bible where this didn't happen. We see it in Judges. We see it in Eli's sons, we see it in Samuel's sons, to name a few, where things were not passed on to the next generation, values, godly values, uh, were not passed on to the next generation, and the generation suffered because of it. So it's important that we remember that and bear that in mind when we're coming to populate our prayer strategy under that title of family, okay? Now, I've got a whole lot of bullet points for you in your notes regarding family. But like I said, if you go to that Praying with Purpose series, there are a lot of bullet points and scriptural references and outlines in terms of a biblical worldview for the various domains that can help you populate your particular topics when you draw up your prayer strategy, which I know you're going to do. 
after this message sometime in the next few days. So if I come to pray and I'm wanting to pray, today is my day to pray for family and to pray for my family. Um, so the first thing I'll do is pray for my personal family and then maybe I'll go on and pray for the families in our particular church. Um, so some of the prayer items, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to use these bullet points and pray it for us so, so we can see it. And as I pray these points, most of them have a scripture reference in brackets in the notes. And you can go and, and, and look at those scriptures if you so desire. So I'll come before God and I'll say, Lord God, I thank you for the family that you've blessed me with my husband and my children. Father, I ask that in our family, as, as parents, Paul and I would really exemplify and carry the Father heart of God. We pray that you would shed your love abroad in our hearts, that we would express that to our children. Lord, I ask in our family that Paul would be a true example of the Father heart of God to the children that you've blessed us with. Um, Lord God, I also want to lift up fathers in our particular church. I pray that the fathers would rise up, Lord God, that they would take their, their place in marriages and in families, Lord God, that your fathers in the church um, would express your heart, Father God. They would express the true nature of the father in their families. And Lord God, we ask that you would raise up father figures for those who are fatherless in our midst. Raise up father figures for the children who do not have fathers in their, ho in their home context, Lord God. We pray for fathers to arise in the body of Christ and in the nations, Lord God. We pray, I pray for my marriage, Lord, and I pray for the marriages in our church. I pray that no weapon fashioned against them will prosper. No weapon fashioned against my marriage will prosper. Lord God, I ask that you would be the wall of fire round about my marriage and the marriages in our church, that you would be the glory in our midst. Lord, we ask that our marriage bed, my marriage bed, the marriage beds in our church, Go Christian Church, that it would be held in honor, Lord, that there would be purity, purity of sexuality, Lord God. We lift up wives. I lift up myself as a wife and the wives in our church. I pray that you would help us to be the best helper for our husbands, the best Aza, Lord God, for our, for our husbands. Lord, I ask that you would help us to submit to our husbands, to arrange ourselves in submission to our husbands. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to comfort and encourage our husbands to be affectionate towards our husbands, to guard our heart and our mouth. Lord God, only speaking and releasing that which is life-giving, that which comes from your Holy Spirit, that which speaks to the treasure, Lord God. I pray you would help us as wives to adorn ourselves, Lord, that we would be, yes, adorned on the outside, but Lord God, that we would adorn ourselves with that gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in your sight. Father, we pray for husbands in our church, and I pray for my husband. Lord God, I pray that you would help them to love their wives, even as Christ loved the church with an unconditional agape type of love. I pray that we would, you would help our husbands, my husband and the husbands in the church, Lord, to sanctify and cleanse their wives with a washing of the word of God, we pray that you would fill their hearts and minds and mouths with your word, your words for their wives, Lord God. We pray that you would help them to cultivate and to call forth the treasure in their wives. Lord, we pray that husbands in our church and my husband would facilitate for, for, for their wives to present their wives beautiful 
and holy to him, Lord. We pray for husbands that they would nourish and cherish and love their wives as their own bodies. We pray that husbands, Lord, would render affection that is due their wives, that they would render this to their wives, that they would honor their wives, that they would father their children, that they would provide adequately for their family. And Lord God, we lift up our husbands to you today in Go Christian Church and my husbands. Would you reveal yourself to them, Lord God, as Jehovah Jireh, as provider. Lord God, may you open doors and provide for them that they in turn can provide for their families. Father, we lift up I lift up myself and my husband as parents and also the parents in Go Christian Church. Lord God, we ask that you would help us to love our children, that you would grant us wisdom to parent, to teach, to disciple, to train, to lead, to love, to nurture our children. We pray that you would give us eyes to see what we need to see in our children, to root out and pull out and tear down and throw down and build and plant in their lives, Lord God. We pray for our children that they would experience godly love and acceptance, nurturing and safety, security and training and discipleship within our family context, within Go Christian Church and in my personal home, Lord God. And we thank you for this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So can you see there in a very short space of time, I've prayed for my family, my marriage, our parenting, our children, and also for those in the church and it's been populated very richly with instructions from the word of God concerning those particular areas. And I can guarantee you that all of, well, most of those prayers, hopefully all of them, I've prayed in accordance with the will of God, with his, with his kingdom in mind, with his way, his will, his desires for our families. And they are effective prayers because of that. They're not machine gun type of prayers where I'm just shooting anything, the first thing that pops into my mind. But I've gone to the word and I've written down the things that I find in the word concerning God's will for marriages, family, parents, children. And then I've created my, my, my prayer in my prayer, populated my prayer in, in accordance with that. Very powerful. Then at the end of it, I come away feeling like I'm praying in accordance with the will of God. It must be effective. Amen. So what I want you to do is I want you to take the areas that the Holy Spirit has shown you and will show you concerning your burdens, your responsibilities, areas where he wants you to pray. So those are the gardens that he's called you to work in and to tend, okay, and to keep, okay, to tend and to keep. So the areas that he's called you to, the areas that he's placed on your heart, and I want you to draw up, like, I, I take a week, seven days, because that's kind of long enough um, for me, for, for, for me, for us as a family, that's what we do. So that's an example. You can take however many days you want to do, whatever works for you. But say you're taking a week, so that's seven days, and you've got all of your burdens listed there. Maybe they're 14 burdens. You want to divide them up into your, your seven days and, um, and list them. So, you know, Monday, you're praying for this and this every week. Tuesday, you're praying for this and this. Wednesday, this and this, and so on and so forth. And then, um, as time goes by, you begin to dig into the word and to populate God's will, God's heart, God's mind for each of those particular gardens or burdens that you've listed under each of those days. And you begin to build up your, um, your arsenal in terms of prayers and crafted prayers and how to pray for those particular domains that he's called you to. And, um, 
Yeah, and, and that's basically what I'd love you to do in terms of building yourself a, a strategic prayer life. So, And also, as you dig deeper in the Word, in those particular areas, those domains, those gardens that God has called you to pray into, as you dig deeper in the Word, it's a form of discipleship. It's a form of growing spiritually. It's a form of renewing your mind in those particular areas. It's a form of seeking out God's blueprints and pattern, God's will, and for those areas based on his word. And you use these scriptures to pray specific and God-breathed prayers over those areas. And I'm not saying that you have to pray scriptures all the time. No, but we base our prayers on scripture. We base our prayers on principles that we see in scripture. We base our prayers on the heart of God for specific domains and specific areas. And then we know we're praying the will of God. Then we know that our prayers must be answered because when his word abides in us, that's what Jesus says, when his word abides in us, we will ask what we desire and he will answer us. Okay. Now I wanted to give you an example of a prayer strategy that my husband and I use in our family for our evening prayer. And um, this is for our, for our personal um, prayer altar that we have as a couple. So on a Monday, we'll pray for our marriage. And a Tuesday, we'll pray for our children and descendants. Wednesday, we'll pray for family and extended family. Thursday, we'll pray for our destiny, our ministry, our calling. Friday, we'll pray for all our friends. Saturday, we pray for the nation, uh, national issues, uh, and leaders, um, and, and other sort of topical issues at a national, uh, from a national perspective. And Sunday, we pray for the church, church leaders, um, the church, our church. And, and within these, there's obviously flexibility. So sometimes you'll feel the Holy Spirit leading us a certain way or he speaks to us regarding something specific and we'll pray. But that is a general outline of our strategy that we have as a couple. Now, you can have one for yourselves as a couple and a separate one for yourself personally. That is fine. Do whatever works for you. Um, but I encourage you to, to build your own strategic prayer strategy um, and populate it with the domains that God places on your heart. Now, obviously, for me personally, I'll have other domains, other gardens, other things that God places on my heart that I include in my own personal prayer strategy. And that's great. That's, that's you know, you can do that. You can have a separate strategy for your kids, one for your husband and you, and one for you. Or maybe you combine it all together, one for your, your, your family and one for you. But, but, that, but just get started and do it. Um, draw up one and trust God to cause you to grow in this area. And then you know that you're praying over all of these things every week. Um, you know, in so many places in the Bible, we're instructed to rely on God, on his wisdom, on his guidance, to trust in him, to not judge by the sight of our eyes or um, by the hearing of our ears or not rely on our natural limited understanding, but rather to trust him with all our hearts. And we cannot remove prayer from this. We simply cannot expect to walk in the fullness of what he has for us in our various areas of influence without prayer. We can't, you know, um, without strategic prayer. How can I live and be faithful to pray effective, specific prayers in the areas he's placed me in without strategic prayer? How can I walk and make progress upon the heights of the responsibilities that he's called me to? How can I pray strategic prayers if I'm not seeking a biblical worldview of these areas? How can I expect God to come through in my world if I'm not even praying, you know, if I'm not praying regularly? Um, let us not be those of whom the scripture says you have not because you ask not 
or you are asking amiss and so you have not. Um, God is not answering your prayers because you're asking amiss. No, it's time for the church to arise with strategic prayers, with Bible-based prayers, with word-based prayers, um, with with. Uh, Christians who are disciples in the area of God's heart, his mind, his will for the specific areas that they find themselves in wherever they work six days of the week. Um, it's important and it's critical. So in conclusion, I want to leave you with these thoughts. want to encourage you as you go from here, be reflecting what are the domains that God has called me to pray into? What are the burdens that he's given me the long-term burdens, divinely assigned burdens, short-term burdens. What are the gardens that he's placed me in right now? Let me make a list of them. Let me assign them to a specific day. Of these burdens, which ones do I need to get a biblical uh, perspective and which ones do I need to dig a little bit more in his word to gain more understanding so that my prayers can be more word-based, more Bible-based and get going on it. Um, have a look on the website. We've got so many resources um, in terms of that Praying with Purpose series. And if you want any other resources in terms of this, you can get hold of me. We've got a lot. We want you to go to your next level of prayer and um, pray effective and fruitful prayers regularly every week. Um, yeah, and we trust in God to, to help us do that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. And Holy Spirit, may you help each one of us to go to the next level of our prayer lives. May you help us to build a strategic prayer life, to drill, to build um, a strategic prayer altar in our homes, Lord. Would you help us as we craft our strategy and as we populate the various topics with scriptures and your mind and heart on the matter. Thank you, Lord God, that you're moving us on in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.